Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the uh, greeting. It's Monday, December 2nd. Come on in. Settle in. Please welcome Your questions. I appreciate your being present. 
Remember your name for that reputation of revolutionary war. Here on both live and love talk Outlets, 
but now we are in competition with ourselves in terms of our ability to propagate and read and instead just regurgitate information that is often located online that is not always filtered, that is not always gone for vetting process, that's not always been uh, verified for its accuracy and authenticity and, and the uh, details of the history or whatever the story being presented to us in any given place. So the importance for clarity, clarity of the head, there are different words for the head, consciousness, our God self that show up in, in not just world traditions and religions and, and diverse cultures, but also within the family structure, the lineal structures of Voodoo, Ifa, Akan, Eve, etc. that now become a part of the the greater that we call Voodoo or, or ATR, traditional African based religious system. And so there's a great desire and, and many of you know this is not new for me to say, a great desire for understanding, for connection to for experience with these traditions, first generated by us directly, the descendants of the Middle Passage, the descendants of enslavement, the descendants of the, the African ancestors that still are part of and actively participate in these traditions today. But we often are uh, lacking, if you will, on our homework but on our understanding of not only each other. Indeed, we've been mis misled about each other. We've been miseducated or undereducated about each other. We've only been taught and told and, and shared with that, which again, often bigger powers, bigger organizations, bigger pools of money have wanted to present with some other motive, some other outcome as their motive, the outcome of doing something, building something, creating something that bridges the gap between the African in America and West Africa, the, the impetus to make that happen still falls on us, the African in America and our brothers, sisters, cousins, uh, uh, lineage, blood lineages, etc., that still exists even at the DNA level in West Africa. I have encouraged and I continue to encourage that we broaden our ability to communicate, to reach out, to travel, to visit. Um, I want to neglect the uh, annual voodoo ceremony that's happening in total Ghana um, in January. And it happens every January. Um, our awareness of it, uh, to some degree, is to be new. I have access to it, to see it depicted in, in video and, and in pictures, and, and, and then to have contact with the leaders, organizers, participants, as they are on the ground in West Africa. The availability and opportunity to make that link and to make that connection is greater now than it has ever been. But there are still things 
in place that prevent us from making this connection. And that is some of the things that I want to talk about and address today from more than one perspective, because we often only base our perspective on our experience. And our experience has been filtered through the middle passage. So there's trauma attached to that. There's white supremacy attached to that. There's appropriation and commercialization and bastardization and the retelling of stories and histories attached to that. But then there's also archeological documentation, footprints that's, that's attached to that, that we now have greater access to, more so now in 2019, 2020, than any other time in, in prehistory that we are commonly aware of. We must be careful about speaking about prehistory because there's a great deal of, of uh, before our modern documented history, that's still a great mystery to us. Uh, the movement of great peoples from one side of the globe to another, the presence and evidence <coughs> of structural and, and monolithic and archaeological footprints that suggest uh, uh, India, for instance, being present in South America, Africa, for instance, being present in, in Mexico and, and Central America. So we have to be careful about uh, continuing the, the usage of words that belittle, demean, dehumanize, lessen the importance of our experience to which to some degree the middle passage is a great deal. We, we wouldn't be discussing this. We wouldn't have this chasm. We wouldn't necessarily be even in the shared space today, save for that experience and its continued footprint on our our lives and our existences, both as individuals, but also collectively, culturally, nationally, internationally, because now the diaspora, the transatlantic footprint, the pan-African footprint is indeed global, virtually as well as physically on the ground. So it is important that we not only look behind us, to continue to regather our memory might be another way of looking at it, like historic or archaeological memory, but also to continue to look forward at the advances that are made in our ability to communicate and further these relationships. But then how are we utilizing the tools? Um, I want to both promote the annual Voodoo Festival that takes place in, in Ghana and Togo and Benin and, and Wida annually every year. But I also want to use it as a tool of understanding and furthering our clarity about where we are in history, in, in, in this particular place and time, in terms of our relationship, our history, and indeed the real world connections that are being made to sort of restore, repair, and rebuild. I'm grateful and appreciative of that language now even being used coming from West Africa in terms of how they are promoting the festival and promoting the event. I've been saying for some years now that we've been over-focused on one people, one place, one nation, one ethnic group um, in a vacuum where we may very well be and are now 
document to be more than one thing. And, and again, I'm talking about ethno cultural practice and tradition. And, and it's not just a Western thing that we try and reduce, compartmentalize, oversimplify things in order to make some sense of them. Uh, but I also think it might be a human condition sometimes to try to quick, be quick to judge, to be quick to, to, to form a, a, a response to or reaction to or, or an understanding of something. And then there are things that shortcut our ability to do that unscathed, untouched, and in, an and in a more organic manner. Um, and, and indeed, technology plays a role. So our ability to see the videos, to share the pictures, to share the books, to share the archaeological records, and to share the, the, the footprint as it is being documented and continues to be found, uncovered, redocumented, re-explored, that continues to be something that we should, by all means, embrace. But let us be true to the story. Let us be true to the conditions. And there are words that we still use today, third world, fourth world, first world nations. And there's a whole mindset that comes with that. Both that which the people within those nations believe and, and, and envision about themselves, but also that which is then projected out into the world, sometimes for good, other times for evil, about a particular people, place, location, at any point in history. Now, indeed, all locations, whether it be in the States, in the UK, in Asia, in Africa, tend to downplay certain negative events within a culture, particularly if it's going to upend, affect, bring some ill effects to economy. So when we look at tourism, for instance, we, we are still in prayer, we're still having fundraisers for, we're still sending supplies to um, um, the uh, Bahamas who endured and suffered, you know, the hurricane and great devastation during the storm. But at the same time, there is a, some would say it's propaganda, some would say it's tourism, some would say it's advertisement of commercials that would suggest, much like post-Katrina, that things are okay, we need your continued support, we need your continued aid and help, but we need tourists to come and, and travel again. We need people to spend their money again. To some degree, we are um, living through an experience of, of that nature here in New Orleans with the collapse of the um, Hard Rock Hotel on Canal Street um, at the worst time of year possible, uh, in the worst location possible in terms of parades and festivities and holiday shopping and, and, and the numerous activities that go on um, in that part of our city between Halloween and, and well after um, uh, Mardi Gras. But it doesn't negate that these places are important to us all year round. But when we add economy, tourism, seasonal marketing, you know, we, we started getting Christmas right after Thanksgiving. Uh, they even started giving you an explanation for why we were getting Christmas right after Halloween. You know, we got a few less days this year than we did last year or, or in previous years in order to 
push you, promote to you products that you may or may not need, um, but indeed to get you to spend, to take action within a confined uh, time period, particularly so that it can be marked, documented. You know, many, many businesses are closing their books at this time of the year. Uh, the tax rolls are closing at this time of the year. Uh, retail establishments are trying to balance out, you know, their expenditures versus their sales going into the holidays. So there are a whole slew of other forces that are, are affecting the information that we receive, why we're receiving it, how we're receiving it, and then sort of covering and packaging presented. I'm also grateful to see greetings, everyone. Thank you so much, um, Nadja, for being present. And send me in the, in the live chat uh, to the best of your ability. I'm also grateful to see in history, Wida, Osogbo, Togo, Benin, Nigeria, Ghana, promoting for themselves, marketing themselves beginning to use social media, the internet, the tools necessary to give us a window in, give us a, 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 a virtual experience into other world cultures and world traditions that not just the Western palate uh, has a desire for. Uh, many of you may not even be aware that there was a, a rush from voodoo dogs in China a few years back. So much so that they were outlawed in China. And then people started seeking to gain access to food dogs by way of the black market. But again, we're talking about commercialism, advertising, targeting to a people who may not necessarily understand or want to understand at the most purest level what something is, the culture in which it is birth from, the meaning behind what it's birth from, but more of a fix my needs, address my wants, and do it now, and do it for the, the most immediate price. Um, at the most, at, at the least case scenario, um, it's a novelty, you know, it's a charm, it's a trinket, it's a souvenir that we imbue with some level of power and and imagination and, and fantasy, along with the marketing and promotion that is used to present something to a much larger audience. So I want us to to be clear, WIDA, Benin, Nigeria, Ghana exist all year round. And indeed there are opportunities for those who are blessed to do so, financially in a position to do so, to make the journey to participate in some of these well-organized events like, like the tours and the festivals that are associated with it, but also other times of the year. And, and to not be tourists, to not go just to, to voyeurize, to, to just observe, to, to just you know smell the aromas and, and, and do a little shopping, but to really learn the people and, and embrace the people and embrace the culture and gain some understanding, some edification about the people, because it is indeed the people that make up 
what is New Orleans culture? What is we the culture? What is St. Louis culture? What is New York City culture? So we often think of these exotic and distant locations as indeed exotic distant locations, neglecting and over, overlooking that which is that which is um, exotic, you know, uh, and, and sometimes remote about ourselves, and, and that which exists right here, not just in America, but within our family, our community, tucked away in the rural areas of our country. So it is a mindset. There are religions that talk about being born again, being reborn. We talk about coming into ATR and, and having your head made or remade or, or giving birth to a Risha, if you will, or giving birth to, to Loa. And there are many layers of understanding and meaning and, and symbolism and, and mystery behind the symbolism, the painting, the music, the ritual, the performance. And, and again, we try and reduce things down often for easier understanding, but also for easier packaging of a concept. So if you are indeed able to, to afford WIDA, you should absolutely make the journey. You should absolutely take the trip. Um, the royal house in which Dago Honan II uh, lives, resides, has his positioning within, has a tour that can be located on our website at Root of Boudon, Root, R-O-O-T, of Boudon, B-O-D-U-N, dot com. And it's a secure site, so you should see a secure site icon when you visit the site. The cost of the tour 10-day tour is $1,850. Now, this is important because we often discuss in this space and on this show. And I want to address your questions in a moment, so please forgive me. Um, I'll be with you momentarily to address your uh, capitalized questions in the YouTube live chat. And on Block Radio, please do just press the number one on your telephone keypad, I'll unmute your mic at 845-277-9143. Now, before I proceed, let me be clear, I can't afford this. And I know many African-Americans who cannot afford this. 1854 tour may very well be a reasonable price to Go to West Africa, spend 10 days in West Africa, um, spend time with a king, a spiritual king, a spiritual ruler in West Africa, uh, to taste two meals of the food, to uh, experience uh, a hotel um, in, in, in um, Cantino, Benin. This is included in your, your 1850 um, package. Uh, transportation between the hotel and the ritual events and the ceremonies that will be planned um, and arranged, prearranged for, for the tour and, and for, for the festivities. Now, along with that, for those of you, as, as myself, who've never traveled outside the country, you're going to need probably at least another $2,000 just for your 
air travel round trip. You're also going to need your passport and, and the price of your passport if you haven't already done so. And if you're talking about going in, in January, you may already be running out of time in, in order to make that happen for 2020. And so it could be something that you budget for, plan for, partial out for, for 2021. Um, I would love to go. Um, if I could afford to go, if I were gifted to go, if I was sponsored to go, I'd be there. Um, but I do want to share the information again because I do promote Voodoo Worldwide. I also promote um, our getting hands-on exposure in our practices, in our, our, our traditions. But I also want to use it as a comparison, as a tool, again, as people consider and look at what initiation is. And a part of the, the documented promotion here on the website is what is needed to some degree for the tour, though I don't see having a passport on the list. I think that's automatically assumed, but you're gonna need a passport um, um, and maybe some, some medical um, vaccinations and, and other things might also be a part of that, that journey that you might not have factored in uh, in any trip at any time of the year to uh, parts of the world, not just West Africa, but other distant parts of the world. Uh, if you are um, going, you're also going to need money for your shopping or the food that you might want to eat outside of the two meals that are provided with the tour. Um, you're going to need additional funds if you want to have ritual work done, ceremonial work done uh, within the confines of the 10 days that you're going to be there first for the tour. And if everyone is participating in the tour and the festivals, um, to what degree are people giving attention to the more individualized, personalized needs as it relates to divination, ceremony, and ritual. Now, part of this practice, uh, part of this uh, uh, tour package, is the word I should say, is the availability for access to the palace of the king, access to divination with uh, Dagbo himself. Um, I'm not sure to what degree that is uh, individual or group. Um, at one point, it was listed on every day of the tour. Um, I'm not, that's been amended in the last 24 hours since I've looked at this itinerary. So that may very well be different. That may very well have changed. But your idea of spending, you know, a few thousand dollars to gain access to these steeped, embedded, legendary traditions is just not realistic. Uh, this trip alone could cost you $10,000 easily. And how many of us who listen in to this show can afford $10,000 to go just for the festival and the festivities of the festival? and and maybe to some degree a pleasure trip, you know, a, a tour, uh, as opposed to truly going to learn a culture, learn a tradition, 
be initiated in, in a culture, learn the language of that culture, things that might require a little bit more time. In the best case scenario, I would say three days at a time uh, and come back. Also go with the mindset, greetings everyone in my live chat with the understanding that not just going to to take something or receive something or buy something, but also there's change there that's taking place between our world and their world. But between between often people who are impoverished or struggling to survive every day on both sides of the Atlantic, um, often the African-American is misrepresented. Sometimes we hear, well, you know, what do Nigerians really think about us? What do Ghanaians really think about us? And if you're not interacting with them, uh, Senegambia, um, places that have the most internet accessible populations. Uh, I posted earlier today a map uh, generated by that gives you an idea of where the listening audience is at any given time on the show. And a great deal of what's highlighted when you think of Africa, Asia, Central and South America are areas where internet is available, whether that's individually or collectively, um, and then where people are able to transcend language, know how to utilize, you know, Google Translate or other um, narratives that allow us to understand um, in a platform where you're listening, then there has to be some level of understanding of English. And note that English is the national language of the, the state or, or country language of Nigeria, of Ghana, of many of these locations that are going to be blue in the geographic map represented in Blog Talk Radio as sharing this sacred space with us and being a part of our, our listening audience. Greetings from Afghanistan. Zakia Saham uh, is live in our YouTube uh, chat and she's from Afghanistan. So indeed we have people who are listening, who are sharing, who do speak English, who do understand English, um, but who also speak French, Portuguese, Spanish, who are also now being, becoming a part of this community of ATR, traditional African-based religious systems, but also indigenous world traditions from Africa, from Asia, from the Middle East. So in the promotion of a people, a population, a culture, in today's market, the economy is high on the list of important areas. So, it allows people who would not have access to now have access. So we must make some clear distinction between entertainment, tourism, capitalism, uh, getting by, living, keep, you know, people surviving in, in various parts of the world versus how our cultures, our traditions, our beliefs are being promoted are in many cases being 
soul. Now, we probably have the wealthiest generation of people of color living in the United States right now than any other time in the history of this country. I think the statistic that I saw most recently is that millennials are the wealthiest generation. The millennial generation's ability to uh, have a degree or have a higher level of education or to be now working in technology and the medical industry and, and other industries that have higher, more modernized um, pay structures. So we, we do see a great deal of, of movement among the middle class. Um, and now we say the middle class. So not every millennial is the middle class, not every American is the middle class. But we're, but we're whittling down now to another group, another dynamic of people who are going to have access, availability, to, trans, to, to travel to uh, locations around the world, to not only take pleasure trips, pleasure cruises, um, family vacations, um, educational journeys, military uh, journeys. Many people are traveling the world for military purposes, which does not always afford them downtime for study, for learning a culture, but to some degree, they do have access to many of these, these world cultures and these world traditions. So as I've said on Block Talk mm. Radio for over 11 years, the access that is given to the people who, in my opinion, are fueling this, this re- surgeons in interest in West Africa, in Africa, in India, in the Middle East, in old world cultures and or traditions are those who have internet access and then those who have access to resources. And, and at a spiritual level, I would like to see a greater degree of work because, because at the spirit level, it doesn't require us all having a passport. It doesn't require us all being able to travel. It doesn't require us all um, uh, being in the condition, um, life conditions to, to travel and stay away from our, our, our home plate, our, our general um, range of, of existence for long periods of time. And I think the statistics would suggest, though the world has gotten smaller, and we do see many more people traveling to, to many remote parts of the world, we still have a greater degree of people who never leave their town, never leave their country, never leave their city. And, and if we look at it from a need base, there are a great deal of needs in every part of the world that requires powerful, not, powerful minds, powerful creators, talented people to stay there and, and build that home front. But we have an and accessibility in social media that that is unprecedented in, in historic record, in historic memory for our ability to tap other cultures, other traditions, and, and glean a more organic and truthful understanding of what these practices and traditions are. The availability of and, and having the access to to documentarians and archaeological records 
is something that's humbling for me. The ability to leave a academic footprint is something that's humbling for me. I think we underestimate the power of our journalists, the power of our authors and our book writers in doing research into various families and lineages and ethnic groups and practices. Um, my most recent research has been into Koku Voodoo, K-O-K-U Voodoo. Uh, it is also referred to in Togo and, and Benin as, as Kokuzan. And it's in reference to a very particular spirit, a very particular power. Uh, in the West and in the Orisha romance and even uh, in Voodoo, root word conjure, we, we often hear uh, many words and concepts thrown around and utilized that have roots in Yoruba. But we're more than, than Yoruba. I, I can't say that enough. Um, and it's not a derogatory statement. It's a statement of truth. Do your DNA work. We're more than just Yoruba. We're more than just Akan. We're more than just fine. But there are indeed many of us that are. And, and when we pull from Buddha, when we pull from Ifa, when we pull from uh, the practices of the Sangoma uh, and, and the practices of, of the, the sages of, of North Africa and East Africa, we're also pulling from these people's families and our people's families and from their lineages and from their traditions and from their practices. In the boxing and the conceptualizing of, of religion, we, we, again, just as we do in the oversimplifying of ideas and concepts so that we can first get some understanding. You know, what's a cake? Well, well is it a bread? No, not exactly. Well, is it a, is it a sweet bread? No, it's not exactly sweet bread either. And then we get much more specific about what goes in to the ingredients of cake. And is it a particular cake? Is it a, is it, is it a chocolate cake? Uh, is it a, uh, a red velvet cake? I'm trying to think of cakes that have completely different textures and ingredients. And, and is it a bunt cake? Uh, is it a, a fruit cake? You know, we're talking about different flavors, different parts of the world, different ways of viewing all of these concepts that we now uh, appropriate and ambassadize, and not just voodoo and Ifa and ATR, but paganism, witchcraft. Um, we all have programming and, and television shows and cable TV channels and pop cultural websites that now make their living on these ideas. One, because we all have an interest and a thirst for and a hunger for and, and a need for. But two, we're not always willing to do our homework. And we're too ready to allow someone else to do the homework for us or to present it to us or to explain it to us. And, and even in the explaining, we then don't read the clip notes. We then don't read the fine print at the bottom of the page. We then don't read that one, two, three, four, five at the bottom of the text and, and, and then make sense of what that's talking about and what these words that are being defined and these 
cultural references that are being noted. Even when we do lives with Wikipedia, how often do we stop at the end of the page and not pay attention to the references, the resources, who posted this Wikipedia post, who, who fed the information that went into uh, these posts? So uh, again, I invite you to use your technology to ask questions, to reach out, to probe deeply and effectively in these ideas and these topics that are being promoted and pushed and, and sometimes fraudulently uh, promoted and, and marketed to you, at you, and towards you. I am still getting the fake Eva Babalao posts in Instagram. And, and what I mean is I'm not getting them personally. I'm getting them by way of you who reach out to me and are still asking, is this person real? Is this profile real? Is this identity real? And I keep saying there's a formula to this. Uh, if they have 10 pitches, you know, or a limited number of pitches, and they've got 10 friends or, or, or a limited number of friends, but they're following 2,000 people, chances are it's a fake profile. Um, and then we've got to pay more attention to the details. Um, we don't recognize spaces and we don't recognize places and we don't recognize cultural nuances of things that aren't familiar to us, things that we don't pay attention to. I dare say if a foreign car parked in, in your block, and I don't mean a, a foreign and imported, I mean a car that's not indigenous to your block, uh, that's not your neighbor's car, that's, that's not your, you know, uh, your friend's car, would you recognize it? Would you tell the difference? And particularly in the West, where we live in these tight communities, uh, buildings with 200 and 500 residents so, or communal uh, uh, village type living, subdivisions, uh, communities with gates and walls and, and duplicated housing that looks similar, but your garage might be to the left or the other garage might be to the right. How much do we pay attention to the details? So how many of us are then able to pay attention to the details when these fake profiles are created? They're using, you know, many pictures that have used, pictures of palm nuts, for instance. I most recently posted a picture of my hand holding palm nuts with my jury on, which, which is very easy to, to identify. Um, many of the items also included in the picture, very easy to identify as my, my thing. And so if you know my things and you've been a follower, a listener, uh, you've been associated with me in social media sometime, for some time, you can identify my things. I can identify some of your things. Uh, some of you are amazed when I meet you for the first time um, and, and how well I know you and how well I know what you've posted and, and what you've talked about over the decades, in, in some cases over the decades. Um, for others, it's, you know, for the, for the last few months. Uh, but for many of you, you've just shifted identity. And, and in the larger context of things, um, 
Some of us have grander memories. Some of us have bigger uh, uh, external hard drives and bigger uh, depositories for our research and our videos and our screenshots and our picture, you know, collections. And we're able to sort of piece together a timeline. There's absolutely a way to validate what you're seeing, what you're experiencing, what's being presented to you, if you're just willing to do that work. And that within itself is another job. That within itself takes a, another hour, two or three or four out of your day when many of us are already distracted with life, with feeding your spouse and your children and your household and keeping your heat on in the winter and your AC on in the summer, um, keeping food you know, in, in your stomach. Many of us, all, no matter where we are in the world, are consumed with the activities of living. But then there's a smaller percentage, a smaller number, a smaller group that might have a calling for, might have a gift for, might have a talent for. You might not have interest at all, but you might be hardwired for, fine-tuned for the realm of spirit. And then there are those of us who have that choice to sort of, you know, we, we, we queerize material and we, we examine material and we, we look at the scientific details of, of a thing or of art or of music. There are people who can recount music for generations, who can recount um, um, musicians and, and who the band was and, and what the lyrics were. And then there's some of us who are just doing good just to hear harmony, to be able to remember the lyrics, or remember the names of, of any particular group or any particular album or, or any particular song or particular piece of work for that matter. So the study and the research involved in, in African culture and tradition from a cultural perspective, from a musical perspective, from an artistic perspective, from a culinary perspective, from, from a, um, what's the study of animals and, 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 and what's the study of botany and study of, of plants and, and what's the study of, of mineralogy and, and resources. There's so many other ways in which we have access to God, have access to the universe, have access to deeper levels of understanding. What sets us apart one from the other is our commitment to doing that work to doing that homework. Uh, greetings each and every one of you, both individually and collectively. I certainly appreciate your time, your commitment, your love, your support for showing up here and being present here with this time. Blogtalkradio.com hyphen divine prince and also uh, YouTube live at tube.com. I'm going to be on about nine more minutes. I've got a lot on my plate, a lot on my plate. Oh my God, do I have a lot on my plate? Um, so I have some things that I have to do, some things I have to prepare for, um, some events that I have to plan for um, within the next 24 hours. So I most certainly will not be here today for two hours or three hours as we have done um, in previous shows. 
I will certainly address the questions that uh, are being presented to me in, in the chat. Um, I will be here about another 10 minutes or so, beloved, and I am going to have to move forward. I do appreciate your requests, your comments, your, your I should say, your formal requests and comments that you send by way of my website, www.houseofthedivinefrits.com. Also, by the way, email at divineprince at houseofthedivineprince.com. But indeed, today I am going to have to move forward um, at the top of the hour. So if you do have a pressing question, comment, or concern, please pop it now in your chat box or press the number one on your telephone keypad, and I will unmute your mic, and I'll bring you right into the conversation. Don't have a whole lot of warm up time for today. Don't have a lot of time to sort of uh, meander through the village, through the woods, to take the, the grassy knoll journey today. I have to get it and move it forward. I got work to do. I got work to do. And indeed, I say it time and time again when I'm not here, I'm doing the work. Um, it's not a desire to not be here. It's not a desire to connect and, and be present with you and, and for you in this space. But indeed, there is so much work to be done. I had a, 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 a friend, an associate in social media, use that board word with me earlier today. And I tend to find that that word is much more common the younger you are uh, and the less focused you indeed have in your life. Uh, There's so much work to be done. Who has time to be bored? What is bored in 2019? What is bored when you have the World Wide Web and the availability of books and knowledge and information and, and, and work at your fingertips? There are authors in this audience and documentarians in this audience and filmmakers in this audience and people who are you know, in university to become doctors and nurses and 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 tax writers and, and politicians and so many things. So who has time, who has space in their head to be bored in 2019? There's just too much to do. Again, I'm always honored and appreciative by those of you who do show up, show up here with me at High Noon U.S. Stand of time to be a part of both my talk radio audience as well as my YouTube live. Just don't have a whole lot of time today. I certainly do appreciate each and every one of you. I will have to move forward. I've got things to do, and I look forward to being here with you again in this space. All this truly and being a blessing. Okay. All right, Blog Talk Radio. Can you, can you hear me? Is this thing on? Can you hear me?
Donkey blood on a rabbit's paw One black hen 